The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 56 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 52, Death Calls for the Arch Heroes. This issue is written by Roy Thomas, pencils by John Buscema, inks by Vince Coletta, letters by Sam Rosen, and it comes to us in May of 1968. Now, as we alluded to last week, this is the introduction of Black Panther into the Avengers. And Black Panther is going to stick with us for about 35 issues consistently. He'll take a little bit of a break and then he'll be back. Black Panther is a very consistently on-again, off-again Avenger. I would love to take credit for the fact that this episode is coming out mere days before the release of Black Panther, the film. However, comma, I'm not quite that good and... I just got really lucky, but it is a very fortuitous issue for us to take a look at this week. So without further ado, let's jump into our issue. Starting with our cover, our cover is atrocious. Absolutely painful. I like the concept they're going for here. I love Grim Reaper's scythe ripping through the cover, ripping through the title, but Grim Reaper himself looks terrible. I think Black Panther needs to be more front and center. The Avengers lying on the ground in gray is pretty lame, and to be perfectly honest, the shade of yellow for the background is visually offensive. There is a lot that could be going right with this cover that just misses the mark. I think a few minor changes like Grim Reaper's coloring, giving the Avengers some color, and changing the background color would have done a lot for this issue. But alas, that is not meant to be. Also, I think it's worth noting that the box in the corner right above the Marvel Comics group needs to be updated because, well, three of those individuals are no longer Avengers, and won't be for a little while. Now, where the cover was kind of a disaster, the opening splash page is wonderful. It's excellent. It's got a great kind of Batman feel to it. I really like the colors. It definitely gives you the understanding and the impression that this is taking place at night, but it's not excessively dark. The right color palette was chosen. I think Black Panther looks great, and it's just very well done. And as we find Black Panther, he is making his way onto the roof of Avengers Mansion, and he is entering Avengers Mansion through a special alternate entrance that Captain America told him about during the last couple of issues that Black Panther was in. Black Panther is originally introduced in Fantastic Four number 52, where he invites the Fantastic Four to come to Wakanda. He fights with them, but as it turns out, he's really evaluating the Fantastic Four as allies in his fight against the villain Claw, who we will see in a couple of issues as a new member of the Masters of Evil. After that, Black Panther has shown up in a couple of other Fantastic Four storylines before joining Captain America in his recent fight against an imposter Baron Zemo. At the conclusion of that storyline and what we saw in last issue, Black Panther was invited by Captain America to take his place as a member of the Avengers. So here we find Black Panther coming to Avengers Mansion to make good on that invitation. As he's making his way into Avengers Mansion, he is finding himself under assault by a number of various security devices that the Avengers have in place. Again, 
because of the number of times that Avengers Mansion has been attacked and trashed, it's nice to see that they finally upped their security game. Fortunately, Black Panther is an extremely nimble and adept fighter, and he's able to make his way around most of these traps. Now, what I do kind of want to know, other than giving him an opportunity to show off a little bit, why Black Panther is coming through an alternate entrance? Why is Black Panther not coming up to the front door like everyone else and making his introductions that way? Why is he coming in through, literally through the roof? Now, obviously there are some racial prejudiced issues here. I do think Marvel Comics does a, a very good job dealing with them, and I'm going to talk about them more in depth at the end of the issue, but I do think that has a lot to do with why Black Panther is not coming in the front door. It also makes for a better reveal of what we're going to see here, and as Black Panther escapes from a second trap, he finds our three Avengers lying dead on the floor. Unfortunately, I think this two-panel sequence misses out on a few points. Now, I do appreciate Black Panther's facial expression on the first panel, and the fact that the reveal is across a page flip, I think is good from a sequential art storytelling standpoint, but the fact that we see a very tight shot of Black Panther's face, and then a shot between Black Panther's legs from slightly above the knee down of the Avengers lying on the floor, minimizes some of the impact. This is supposed to be a big dramatic moment where the Avengers are dead, and I think the angles they chose to show it from are a little less than desirable, and I do think it minimizes the impact by not making it stand out more, not making a bigger statement of it. Now, the book chooses not to dwell on the fact that the Avengers are dead particularly long because Black Panther is almost immediately confronted by Agent Jasper Sitwell of S.H.I.E.L.D., who happens to be in Avengers Mansion for reasons that are not particularly clearly defined. He says, he was stopping by after running some errands using a special key he was given. Already this seems like a setup. After Agent Sitwell captures Black Panther what he believes is red-handed, he then calls the police who come and take Black Panther into custody. Now, again, I'd like to point out it's very impressive here how with absolutely no proof, Sitwell and the police are perfectly content to arrest Black Panther. I mean, literally, the only evidence they have is that Black Panther is leaning over the bodies. Sitwell didn't see him attack the Avengers. They have no cause of death. Black Panther has no apparent weapons. But none of this seems to matter. Quite honestly, he is a black man found at the wrong place at the wrong time and therefore he is assumed to be guilty. And again, this is not an accidental bit of storytelling here. This is absolutely Roy Thomas and, and John Basima making political commentary. The idea that Black Panther, a black superhero, keyword being hero, is instinctively and wrongfully accused of murdering other heroes purely based on the fact that he is black. Now, Black Panther attempts to argue that no, he is supposed to be here, that he was invited to Avengers Mansion, that he didn't just break in, and he attempts to do this by entering a combination that will open up the Avengers special meeting room. And unfortunately, it doesn't work. This is the first I've seen of the Avengers having this special sealed meeting room behind some kind of combination lock. It always seems like they've met fairly out in the open, but apparently this door exists and Captain America supposedly gave him a combination that would work. But as we are discovering, for whatever reason, which will be revealed a little bit later, the combination doesn't work. And so Black Panther T'Challa is taken into custody as the bodies of the Avengers are removed from the mansion. Unfortunately, right at this time... Natasha Romanoff decides to pay a visit and sees the body of her beloved Hawkeye. And she is 
absolutely distraught. And you know, I, I really feel for her in these couple of panels because as the dialogue describes, Natasha has come over to try and patch things up. If you remember a couple of issues ago, Natasha and Hawkeye got in a fight. Hawkeye admits that really it was his fault. He snapped at her when he didn't need to, that it was because he was in a bad mood about Captain America quitting and then everything else that's happened with the Avengers. But he's just a little bit too proud to be the one who goes to Natasha and to admit he's wrong. So here she is coming to patch things up and she finds him dead. So in that regard, I feel for her. Now, where the writing falls flat is that Black Widow apologizes for being a woman because she breaks down and is physically and emotionally supported by Agent Sitwell, which on a side note is mildly funny because Sitwell is a giant nerd with highly lacking in people skills. But at one point, she apologizes for being a woman. What the... I'm sorry, but that's absolute garbage. Unnecessary. And it just kind of irritates me. So, moving on, obviously the news that the Avengers have died begins to make its way through the news media and out to the other former Avengers. Tony Stark is rather dumbfounded because he had recently seen the Avengers. Now, he says he recently helped Goliath regain his powers, which isn't really true. Tony Stark was just kind of present when it happened. But needless to say, I mean, Iron Man and Thor just saw their fellow Avengers last issue. Captain America is extremely upset. And this frustrates me a little bit because Cap believes, I think far more than he should, that Black Panther is actually responsible for what happened. And Captain America is frustrated because he feels that the Avengers were betrayed by the person he sent to them. But I kind of just want to know where the faith here is, right? If this person was someone that Captain America felt was worthy of joining the Avengers. Shouldn't he have a little bit more confidence that he made the right decision and that this person is not treacherous, that they're not responsible for killing the Avengers? Cap's response, although I understand it, is frustrating to me. The response that I like the best and that I connect with the best is actually Thor's. And Thor is just sad. Which is interesting because, you know, Thor is usually this grandiose character, someone who makes bold declarations, and I would expect Thor to be the one getting really angry and upset, and instead Thor is just melancholy and a little bit profound. And it, it, it's really nice. It's really touching. Now, of course, we the reader know that Black Panther had nothing to do with the murder of the Avengers, and now we get the proof, and we are introduced to our villain for the issue, the Grim Reaper. I will give Grim Reaper a lot of credit for being on point thematically, but the coloring of Grim Reaper in this issue is actually offensive. He has a blue cape, a red helmet, a fuchsia chest piece, green bodysuit, red gloves, and a black kind of wrestling belt slash briefs. And it just looks unbelievably bad. I think if they adjust the color scheme here a little bit, Grim Reaper would look much, much better. So at this point in the book, we are introduced to Grim Reaper and immediately get a flashback to the fight between Grim Reaper and the Avengers, in which Grim Reaper blasts his way into Avengers Mansion. So, so much for all that great security. I have lost track of how many times the Avengers Mansion has been broken into, but I will get back to that one. We are going to keep a running tally on this show of how many times Avengers Mansion has been broken into. It's gonna be a lot, folks. At any rate, Grim Reaper breaks into Avengers Mansion. The blast from him entering Avengers Mansion stuns Wasp 
and Goliath to a large extent, at which point it is left up to Hawkeye to cover for his fellow Avengers for a little bit. Goliath grows to his Goliath size, engages with Grim Reaper, who manages to escape by using his scythe blade as a propeller and lifting himself off the ground. And eventually, Grim Reaper blasts all three Avengers with some kind of electrical charge that causes them to die. Now, as this is happening, Grim Reaper explains to the dying Avengers exactly why he's doing this. And as it turns out, Grim Reaper is in fact the brother of Wonder Man from way back in issue number nine. So because of the fact that the Avengers were unable to help Wonder Man, Grim Reaper holds the Avengers responsible for his brother's death, and therefore he is taking his vengeance on the Avengers. There's a few things I want to talk about about this sequence. I will freely admit it actually looks really pretty good. Despite the coloring, the actual pencils, the inks, the, the action of the sequence look very good. I would have much preferred to see this sequence come later in the issue and let Black Panther solve the mystery a bit more. At this point for the reader, the mystery is gone. We now know what happened to the Avengers. So for the next eight or so pages, it's really just watching the rest of the characters figure out what's going on. I would have liked to have seen that mystery drug out a little bit more. They set up a really cool kind of whodunit, and then I think they, they jumped the gun a little bit on giving us the ending. As I mentioned, I really like the fight. It's got a lot of high energy, and it actually does feel like the stakes are pretty high, which helps later on in the issue. Also, Grim Reaper is fighting very aggressively. I mean, he is a man on a mission of vengeance, and he is not holding back in any way, shape, or form. Now, one final thought on Grim Reaper here before we get moving on again is that shortly after breaking into Avengers Mansion, the Grim Reaper has a line that the element of surprise fools my second most potent weapon. And the only thing I can think of in regards to that line is Monty Python's Flying Circus and the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Thanks to Monty Python, I have a very difficult time hearing anything even remotely like that and taking it seriously. It's a goofy line to start with, but then in the context of Monty Python, it's just that much more ridiculous. So after Grim Reaper explains all this to the what are effectively dead Avengers at this point, he decides to seal up everything he's done. He uses his weapon to undo all of the damage to Avengers Mansion that he's done, which is just absolutely ridiculous. It's dumb and it's unbelievable even in the context of superhero comics. But he does this because Grim Reaper intercepted the message from Black Panther saying he was on his way. So as Black Panther got into town in New York, about an hour before he got to Avengers Mansion, he sent them a message and let them know he was on the way. So Grim Reaper knew that Black Panther was coming and he decided to use Black Panther as a scapegoat for his killing of the Avengers. Speaking of Black Panther, back at the police precinct, we find that Black Panther has identified himself to the police. They don't really believe him in who he is. So at this point, Black Panther just decides to be done with this and he escapes out the window in a panel that is really good looking. 
of Black Panther jumping through the window. And from there, the police proceed to chase Black Panther down through a series of panels that are very well done and demonstrate Black Panther's acrobatic abilities and superhuman skills. There's a great panel of Black Panther up on a ledge lit by a spotlight with gunfire impacting all around him. That's just very, very well done and I really enjoyed. But because of his superhuman abilities, Black Panther is able to escape, makes his way back to Avengers Mansion where he discovers Grim Reaper not waiting for him, but waiting. Grim Reaper, although he's killed three Avengers, wants to kill all of the Avengers because they are all responsible for the death of his brother. And so Black Panther and Grim Reaper engage in a fight. And this is fairly close to one of my favorite fights I think we've seen so far. I love the fact that Black Panther doesn't take down Grim Reaper quickly. One, it makes for a great fight and it gives Black Panther a chance to show off so that in the minds of the readers, he is deemed worthy to join the Avengers. It also maintains a fair level of consistency for the villain Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper was able to take out three Avengers, Goliath, Hawkeye, and Wasp, without serious harm to himself. It means he's a pretty legitimate threat. Now, obviously, he had the element of surprise and was able to stun two of the Avengers in the opening moments of the fight, but still, taking out three Avengers is no mean feat. So if Black Panther was able to defeat Grim Reaper too quickly, it would have raised a couple of questions, first being how Grim Reaper was able to defeat three Avengers, and two, how powerful powerful is Black Panther, right? It would have given him an overwhelming degree of power compared to the other Avengers. So it's a nice consistency. Now, as the fight comes to a conclusion, we see, or rather we don't really see, at the end of the fight, Grim Reaper falls on his own scythe, impaling himself and presumably killing himself. This particular panel is done in a somewhat artful style, but the entire thing is shown in silhouette. And unfortunately, I've got a really difficult time picking out exactly what's going on here with these two characters in silhouette. Now, I understand it's the Silver Age, but I'm kind of disappointed that this is the method they chose to do it. Now, obviously, this leaves a fairly high degree of ambiguity when it comes to the death of Grim Reaper, so that there is plenty of room for him to come back should they want him to, and he will come back in the future. But there are ways to have made this panel far clearer, and I really think they missed out in doing the panel in this way. So with Grim Reaper defeated, Black Panther takes control of Grim Reaper's scythe, heads to the hospital where the bodies of the Avengers are, and just as he is confronted by the police, Black Panther fires another energy beam at the Avengers, and they wake up. As it turns out, Grim Reaper didn't actually kill the Avengers. He put them into a coma-like state where they appeared dead, and had Black Panther not acted in a prompt amount of time, I believe it was three hours, the Avengers would have actually died. So just as he is confronted by the police, Black Panther manages to revive the Avengers. Obviously, since the Avengers aren't dead, Black Panther can't be charged with their murder. And as the issue wraps up, Black Panther is welcomed with open arms into the Avengers. And Black Panther's got a, a great little closing monologue, and it gives the idea that Black 
Black Panther is here not just for the country of Wakanda, but is here to serve the entirety of mankind. And it's a really great way to close out this issue. So let's talk about the good stuff here. The issue is obviously loaded fairly heavily with an undertone of police treatment of African Americans who are accused of crimes, especially in the 1960s, given the role of the civil rights movement at the time. Although in large part, this still unfortunately rings true today, there is an overt presumption of guilt when Black Panther is found in Avengers Mansion without any other evidence being gathered at the scene. The only thing Black Panther is guilty of at the time is being present at the scene of a crime, which in and of itself is not a crime. Generally speaking, for being an introduction of this character to the Avengers, there is a huge degree of political subplot, but it's not as heavy as it could have been, and I think that's a good thing. I absolutely think that comics are a very useful, viable vehicle for addressing social and political problems. I also feel that it shouldn't be done at the cost of the narrative. If you make Black Panther a character who is just an outlet for venting about social problems, it does the character a disservice, because a character like Black Panther has so much more to offer. He's not just the political voice of a particular writer. He should be a standalone strong character. And I think certainly we have seen that in modern portrayals of Black Panther. Again, I am very excited in a matter of days to go see the film Black Panther because I think that the character is going to be just done amazingly in this regard. But if a character only becomes the mouthpiece for a single political issue, the character becomes one-dimensional. The character is going to continue to exist after that political issue, after that social issue has been addressed. And the character needs to be able to adapt with the times. I don't know that Black Panther has always done that. I do know that Black Panther has done that, again, in modern comics, say from the 2000s onward. And I say that I say that I don't know that because I just haven't read from the, the 60s through the, the early 2000s of Black Panther. That's just an area of ignorance on my part, and I will freely admit to that. The way I look at it is you had a lot of very one-note characters in like the 1990s. The extreme character the characters with all the pouches and spikes and things like that that don't exist anymore and nobody cares about. A character like Black Panther has the potential for people to care about so much more, for audiences to embrace, that if you bog him down with just politics, you're going to lose that outlet. Politics should absolutely be a part of the character, should be a part of the story. They shouldn't be what defines the character, though. Not in superhero comics. They can't. The only downside I have for this book, other than the aforementioned offensive coloring of Grim Reaper, is the fact that because Black Panther's costume is all black, at times it's got really great detailing, and at other times it has very poor detailing. And I would really like for some level of consistency, and if I'm going to lean one way or the other, I would lean more towards the high detailing. I understand it, was, it would be a lot more effort, however, if you're going to do it, do it right. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. Next week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 53 in Battle Joined. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. Have you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.